Rebecca. And I'm Katie. And welcome, welcome to Generally Specific Topics Between Friends. Best friends. Okay, well, here we are. We are still on vices. Yes. Can't get off of them. It's like we keep coming back to these vices. <laughs> again and again, and no matter how hard we try, we're just going to keep ranting about them. Yep. Well, so we talked about some of our basic intro devices last week. Intro devices? <laughs> intro devices? Intro devices? <laughs> intro to vices? <laughs> intro to vices. Okay. Last week. Yes, we did. And we also talked about the main vices, I think, that people mm-hmm. think about, the drugs and the alcohol, and where we stand in our um, affiliations with vices thus far in our lives. Yup. But now we're gonna get... We're gonna get into the good stuff. Yeah, the nasty stuff. <laughs> so this is our disclaimer because our main uh, listening audience is, in fact, relatives. My family! And so the main... I love you. Yes, we love you and we love that you listen. Um, But this main chunk of this episode is going to be sex and risky behavior. Yeah, so we're going to talk some about our sexual lives because we're consenting sexual adults. So please don't listen to this. I mean, I'm a consenting sexual adult and if you can handle it, cool. But, but, you know, if you're our dads, like, please. Dad, don't listen to this one. Please, just don't. This this is one for grandmommy. Yeah. But, you know, beyond that, we're adults, you know, you decide. Yeah. (laughs) So there's your disclaimer. We're going to talk about it. All right. Okay. So... Oh, God. How do we talk about this? Sex. It sounds like a dirty word because we were raised in the South. Because we were raised in America. We're puritanical. But also, sex is everywhere. Sex sells. We love sex. Mm-hmm, but you can't talk about it or learn how to, like, do it yourself. safely yeah. or well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't learn that in public school systems. No. <sighs> Unfortunately. Yeah. But that didn't stop us from learning quite a bit. And we'll yeah. share that with you <laughs> Okay, so would you say that sex is one of your vices? Yes. Yes, me too. I do not partake in the drugs and the alcohol, like, hardly at all. My vice, pretty much exclusively, I guess, would be sex. Yeah, sex and... I don't know, arguably relationships? Yeah, arguably arguably relationships and boys. Yeah. I feel like boys are my vice. Yeah, I can whole. see that. I would say sex is my vice. Mm. Almost, mostly with boys. Yeah. <laughs> like 99%. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, you know, you, it's just like shaving your legs. You start one day and then you can't <laughs> stop. Yeah. You can let it go for a while, but it builds up on you, and you just, you know you're going to shave them again. Yeah. And I am i don't want to shave my legs for the last time. <laughs> nope. So. So there's all sorts of uh, venues for that. You got your Tinder. You got your OkCupid. Uh-huh. It's readily available. Social media has brought people together. Yeah, it is very easy to meet someone just for sex. Yeah. Or, yeah. I will say that's not what I do. I don't Right. I'm not super into the hookup culture like I know people think our age group is. Kind of scary. 
yeah, it's we're we're very safe about meeting new people and you know, I'd like yeah. to think we're like safe sex people because we luckily had people in our formative years who were there to like yeah, impress like, upon us condoms. Yeah, impress upon yeah. us the importance of birth control and condoms and, and not getting abducted on a first date. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of things that go into indulging this vice safely. Yes. Um, so we haven't gotten pregnant. No. And we haven't, like, spread around anything too terribly bad. We, we both get STD testing fairly regularly. Yeah. About well, once a year. Yeah. So we try and be responsible sexual beings. We do. And we always, you know, we talk with the people... <laughs> Right. First, which some people seem to not do. Yeah, I don't know how you can just jump right in. I thought I thought I could. I thought that's what I wanted when I was about 21, 22. I was like, I'm going to do the thing. And then I was like, oh, no, this is, like, scary to not know someone. Also, it's weird. Yeah, like, at least a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't have one-night stands. I have, like, year-long on-and-off stands. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm going to have a one-night stand, we're probably engaging in another vice to facilitate <laughs> the awkwardness. this vice. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't like to drink on... F- I don't like to drink on first dates because I'm just yeah. like, nah, wh- show me what you got. What do you got straight off the bat? <laughs> I have definitely learned not to get, like, drunk on first dates because it makes you think you like someone a lot more than you actually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, well, we have great chemistry and I just have a great time when we're together. It's like I'm giddy. Yeah. No, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, so. But I think overall we handle it in a relatively normal healthy way yeah i think we've definitely i feel like i've gotten in a place where i'm pretty happy with how i'm handling dating Mm -hmm. right now i'm in a sweet spot yeah and that involves sex and meeting new people and you know covid safe of course yes and handling all that responsibly so I don't know. Is it a vice to like sex? That's that's one of our primal instincts. It is one of our primal instincts. Sex can be a vice. Sex can be an addictive. Yeah, yeah. Because you get the same like brain dopamine. dopamine. <laughs> you get a big old dopamine hit. Hopefully, <laughs> you get a few. <laughs> your serotonin, your oxytocin, yeah, all that good love hormone stuff. That yeah, it's the good stuff. It is. It just. It feels good. It feels humanizing. Mm-hmm. If I go a long time without physical intimacy, I feel like I'm lacking a, a part life. of my humanness. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same reason we hug each other every day, because it's just like, what is life without human touch? Right? Jeez. Like, <laughs> well, and there's, you know, connections and, I don't know, things are released. <laughs> All of that. All of that. It's so important. Yes. So, I don't know. I'd say it's a vice, but maybe we should define vice versus... Addiction um, versus, versus habit. Yeah. Because those all kind of sound the same, but we're trying to differentiate. Yeah. So, let's get some definitions going. All right. So, definition. Well, this is what we have thusly from Google. A vice is 
is like a, a weakness of character behavior. It's a yes. bad habit. Defined by the badness of it, an immoral or wicked behavior. Mm-hmm. Criminal activities. So that is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say that um, you know, a bad habit can be broken, so a vice can be broken. An addiction is something that needs assistance to be changed, and you also have a tolerance or a threshold with that yeah. thing. So with an addiction, you've developed a dependency on whatever result you're getting from the vice mm-hmm. or from the habit. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you can get addicted to things that aren't necessarily bad. Yes. And so a vice... But if you're compulsive about it, if you're needing yeah. it. But a vice, it sounds like... It's uh, just a, a bad, bad habit. naughty thing. Yeah, a bad habit. <laughs> yeah. Although it doesn't necessarily have to be habitual, at least on this definition. An immoral or wicked behavior. Mm-hmm. An immoral or wicked personal characteristic. Involving prostitution, pornography, or drugs. Oh. So, well, I guess maybe sex isn't a vice then, because it sounds like we're... Well... Normal. I mean, it depends on who you ask. I guess. Uh, If you ask someone, we could be very immoral in our, you know... Pursuit of... Fornication? Yeah. uh, That's true. That's true. In my, I don't know, logical human adult brain... I'm just like, this seems less risky than drinking all the time to me. But but it's all subjective. It's all subjective, yeah. Because, you know, for some people, it could be safer to go out and have drinks than to go out on a date. They might, I don't know, if they're set off in their sex and love addiction and not in their alcohol addiction... I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's true. I've always seen it as my vice because it's the only thing I, like, pursue that is unnecessary. I'd say I pursue it to an unnecessary extent mm. because that's that's how it's I... It's the view- thing you let yourself, yourself have. Yeah. Because we've talked about Katie's deprivation of <laughs> self. Things. Yeah, because I'm just like, Cause I She don't doesn't need, need two pieces of gum in a day. <laughs> I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. There's no reason for me to do that. Except that you want it. Yeah, I mean, but this is the only thing where I want it enough to be like, nope, I'm gonna do it. Okay. So that's what, I guess, brings it into vicehood for oh, me. Oh, then I'm glad you have that thing, and I think you should. <laughs> and, you know, don't become a sex addict, but like... Nah. <laughs> You know, I think if we're good and responsible about it. Yeah. But see, that's how people view their vices. If I'm good in moderation. Yeah. If I'm good and responsible about how much I drink, then it's okay. If I'm good and responsible about how much weed I smoke, then it's okay. If I'm good and responsible about how much Coke I do at this party, (laughs) then it's okay. Yeah. True. So it's really subjective. Yeah. It's the line between a vice and an addiction. Yeah. And a habit and an addiction. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, who's to say what the vice is? Uh, Moral subjectivity. Or, yes. Um, so, there you have it. There you have our sex stories. <laughs> oh, also, since we are talking about addiction, I think we should throw in we are not behavioral health, mm. mental health experts. No. Yet. <laughs> 
Um, I did hit up a friend of mine in the field. The field. Yeah, just about this topic because I was like, why not? I can. (laughs) You can, you can do it. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of bummed. There was like a a free seminar, but I missed it for another meeting, but it was actually about sex and love addiction. I was Ah. like, ah, that's freaking perfect. But missed that, but I was able to do some independent research. But do you want to talk about thrill-seeking? Yes. So I looked up... So this is sex and risky behavior. Yeah. So going along with vices, it it seems that vicehood and um, risky behavior, like, that's that's part of what makes something a vice is that it is bad or it is detrimental, but not so much so that it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. So I would say risk-seeking behavior is a vice. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of research about this. What falls under risk-seeking behavior? Let me tell you. <laughs> I found a lot of articles about it and a lot of studies about it. It was all centered on adolescence, on mm-hmm. youth, on teens, on tweens. I found, like, a few that were about adults. I found one about young adults from Ohio. What's that song? Come back. back to Ohio. Yeah. With the snow and the rain. Yeah. That High one? risk behavior in early adulthood, but specifically about Ohio. Um, and they defined high-risk behaviors in their study, which this is just one study from Ohio, but I just thought it was interesting. The risk behaviors they were looking at were substance abuse, unsafe Check. sexual behavior, Check. and idleness. Check. W- idleness <laughs> as in not engaged in education or employment uh to yeah. be idle and that is a high risk behavior because um, i mean it's a, if you are not nice. engaged in either of those you're more likely to participate in harmful behavior yeah if you're not working or going to school you're more likely to do drugs to do drugs to do to alcohol to have risky sex to get pregnant to you know do whatever get involved in crime yeah get involved in crime idle youth is oh, bad. Man. Yeah, idle youth is bad. <laughs> you need to keep them busy. Yeah, and they had other um, things that they looked into, like death among young adults, probably based on this risky behavior. Yeah. I've always heard that it's like higher for young men. Yes, and I do have an article about that as well. Okay. Um, but some of the effects of this that they found were um, motor vehicle accidents, mm-hmm. intentional self-harm, homicide, accidental poisoning, intentional self-harm, Um, and things along that vein as a result of drug abuse Mm. and uh, risky sex behavior and idleness. So isn't that interesting? Um, Another study was looking into genetic variants that could be associated with risky behavior. Uh Because, you know, some people, I guess, could seem to be more likely to engage in these risky behavior. I'm sure socioeconomic status could have, or even just geography, culture, like all of that. But they did look into that and yeah, they said. <laughs> it does like affect every SES though, I'd say. Yeah. Like, you're going to have some vice no matter what your social standing is, but mm. you know, poor people get crack. Y- yeah. And rich people get coke. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But they said that non-genetic factors seem to matter more for risk tolerance than the genetic factors because, you Mm. know, it just seemed like... what was that? Non-genetic? Yeah, non-genetic factors. So they were looking at genetic variants that could possibly play some sort of role, but they they determined that that was probably, like, 
eh, nothing Less on so. Yeah, nothing on its own is going to cause someone to be more risky. Except if you are a male. And oh. then I found this other study that was super interesting. It was... Um, Quick drop in about nature versus nurture. Yes. Fun development stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> but this one specifically was about media and masculine ideology and its effect Ooh. on risky behavior in males. Because males are already at a higher risk for risky behavior. <laughs> so it's saying the media is making men do risky Yes, because mas- masculinity is a, um, you know, that's a cultural construct. construct but Macho, it is machismo. dangerous. It, it is, is dangerous. It is super dangerous for men. Um, I think it gave they me... They jump off cliffs and shit. Yeah. And <laughs> race their trucks around like yeah. idiots. How many guys have you talked to who are like, ah, oh, yeah, I used to go drag racing. And yeah, used, they do these jump crazy off stupid things. And you're like, how did you survive your youth? And yes. a lot of them don't. <laughs> and so this was saying that... Men made up 78% of drug abuse violations, 70% of DUIs, 72% of disorderly conduct, 81% of drunkenness in um, the U.S. in, like, 2014. And that, that stands, it's just, you know, not all youth are likely to engage in risky behaviors. Adolescents, male adolescents are more likely than their female counterparts to report risky behaviors. Drinking. Driving without permission, smoking the Mary Joannas. And they said this extends into young adulthood for males because mm-hmm. that masculinity and trying to prove something and, yeah. you know, those gender roles. Be tough and be. Yeah. Yeah, the ideology behind it. Also, you're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol if you're not accessing your emotional regulation yeah. and, you know, dealing with your shit. Repressing. And, yeah, if you're repressing shit, you're going to drink it down. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this was just talking about how um, media can just, you know, it's, it's an input about masculinity. It's just one more further input of masculine... Uh, tropes, masculine yeah. images, masculine yada yada. The media. And this said that um, exposure to media content every day is like pushing 11 hours a day. Oh my gosh. And, and it's true, depending yeah. on what you do. Well, and some things that just pop up on TV mm-hmm. can be awful. Even if you're watching, like, a totally normal TV show. Like, my mom, I remember, got so mad when I was watching TV one time because she saw a Ford, I think, commercial. It was like, I'm a... It was this jingle they had written. It was like, I'm a Ford man. Yeah, I, I remember do that. I don't compromise. Yeah. And my mom was like, why would they teach young men that compromise? Compromise is a bad thing. Yeah. Like I remember that. Yeah. I remember that jingle. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Toxic. It is. Shit's toxic. And yeah, it goes on to say that like with the media and the television, in general, male characters outnumber female characters. They get more lines. Portrayed as dominant and aggressive, more likely to be employed, <laughs> defined by roles, you know, all all that stuff. And so in the yeah. media, it pushes the masculine identity which increases the risk behavior yeah. of young men because they see that and they're impressionable and from you know the moment they're born yeah go outside play around girls don't you leave don't you tell me you got to tell me when you're going to leave and when you're going to get there yeah. don't walk down the block by yourself be so careful yeah so boys can do whatever and mm-hmm. girls have to protect themselves from boys yes yes and so that is why <laughs> we see the males 
and the risky behavior. And risky behavior itself can be a, a vice, you know. Yeah, just taking risks. Yeah, just taking risks. Feeling for like the your, your life is in your own hands. Yeah, and that, that goes along with... Um, you know, people are adrenaline junkies and that's a thing they do. But even that is like a controlled variant of that. Yeah, there are controlled ways to do that. And yeah, and I'd yeah. say that could be a hobby. But t- yeah. t- like, I don't know, when you're young and you're doing it to see what will happen, like, you know, young teenage boys will do. Like, ah, yeah, I'm going to jump off this thing. And it's just like, yeah, for the thrill of it to see what will happen. Risky, 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 risky. <laughs> Risky, risky, don't do it. Don't make it your vice to be stupid? Yeah. To be an idiot? (laughs) Just try to get to adulthood without killing yourself or someone else. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's what you should do. All right, last one I found. Um, It really, it was really good for breaking down different risky behaviors. You got your financial risky behaviors, like investment, gambling, spending, overspending. Who can relate? You got health, unprotected sex, smoking, drugs, alcohol, drinking, driving, speeding. Mm-hmm. That, that Road one. rage. Mm-hmm. You got your social ones, like confrontational behaviors, fighting. That's another one that men like to do. Mm, pick Risky and behavior, fights. pick and fights, all that. Recreational, that's your adrenaline-seeking behavior. Drag racing or extreme sports, uh-huh. which I've always, every <laughs> single guy I've ever talked yeah, to my crashed dad. their first car because they were angry and speeding or they were drag racing and speeding or... My, the number of times my dad was like, yeah, these curvy Cameron Park rows were perfect for my drag races <laughs> as a young boy. <laughs> I was like, how did you not die? Ugh, and then this last one, ethical. Personal dishonesty at home or work or ignoring responsibilities. That's the other category... <sighs> Ooh, I've indulged that one. Yeah. That's a risky behavior. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> one that you never thought about before? Yeah. Are you talking about ignoring responsibilities or personal dishonesty? Yes. <laughs> Lying can be a thrill-seeking behavior, and some people I do have it for fun. lied just for the heck of it to have secrets before. Huh. Mostly to my parents. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Mm, and also to me. To you. <laughs> sometimes to you. Yeah. We know that. We've talked about this when I'm depressed or making distance between myself and Katie. It's probably because I'm not in a good place. <laughs> and so, so she keeps saying this from me. If I'm lying to Katie, I'm indulging in risk-taking behavior. <laughs> yeah, because you know that what you're doing is probably not good yeah. for the long term. Yeah. Well, and it's probably because I'm doing something else dumb. Like, I, I don't know, have, like, been with a guy and then been like, ooh, that was a mistake, and then I don't tell you about it for a while. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you so, know, I'll be like, why the fuck Cause you, you? Yeah, because good friends call you on your shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> on your risk-taking behaviors. Yes. So that's a really good, interesting breakdown. I'm glad they broke it down because that's a lot. And, you know, they go on to say, you know, it could be part of your personality or part of, you know, your gender roles and how you were raised. Um, low conscientiousness and self-control <coughs> in the male population, maybe. Yeah. Um, I know some females with low conscientiousness. Yes, of course. But statistically. Mm-hmm. And again, they talked about geneticists think that maybe it's, you know, it could be a variant in your genes about dopamine-seeking behavior or like your serotonin and stuff, and that could also be why you were looking for these, you know 
high reward serotonin behaviors that you're now, doing. that's why people get addicted to anything is a dopamine-seeking yeah. behavior. Yeah. Oh, this is... Depression has been shown to correlate with risk-taking. A joy. I'd say so. <laughs> when you don't give a fuck or if you just want to feel something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unwilling to risk confront- confrontation. That's the other reason I lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm unwilling to risk confrontation. Mm-hmm. And, of course, age. You know, your brain is not fully developed for a long time, and so... It may be hard to judge what is and isn't risky. I still struggle with, like, the risks that I take with, you know, moving or getting a job or investing money or not investing money or making purchases. It is all risky. Everything you do. Oh, okay. Yeah. It not, yeah. Like, the the risk gauging. Like, you're risk. aware of the risk. Yes, I'm the aware. The risk worries you. <laughs> yeah, the risk worries me, and trying to gauge the risk versus reward is hard, even as an adult. So imagine a child yeah. being like... But I could drive junk. The worst that can happen is I'll scratch the paint on my car. Like, yeah. they can't gauge it because... Well, I'm not even that drunk. <laughs> yeah, they can't gauge it because of, you know, their age and their brain. And they're just not done cooking. Yeah. And they don't have as many experiences to pull from. So, there you have it, you know. It's a, it's a lot of risky behaviors, and it could depend on a variety of things. They were also saying that if you partake of one of these specific, um, I guess, subsections of mm-hmm. behavior, if you are a financial risk taker, you're probably not also a health risk taker. Really? But, yes. But if you are a health risk taker, like you smoke, you're much more likely to engage in other health risk behavior. Well, you're, yeah. yeah you're Your just, body's not a temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's the general trend among that is if if you're already in one category, you're less likely to be in another, but in that same category, yeah. Okay, that that checks out. Mm -hmm. So what's my category? Um, Ethical and social. No, not social. Ethical and... A little social. Maybe a little social. I mean, if you'd categorize like sex as social. Yeah. They categorized it under health, but that's a specific type of risky sex behavior and and Katie doesn't take health risks. No. I don't. Also, I don't think your sex generally if you're safe shouldn't be a health risk. Yeah, that's much. What I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I have taken the precautions to make my risks so low that it's like negligible. But still, shit can happen. Yeah. Um I know someone that I certainly won't name names because that's her prerogative, but she got AIDS. Well, she got HIV from a blowjob that she gave to a man. That's horrendous. That that's a like, thing that can happen. Yeah, that, that's a thing that can happen because, again, that's something that I would, you know, you think of as a low-risk behavior. Yeah, because, I'm sorry, you don't put on condoms for a blowjob. Yeah chances are chances are but there is the minimal amount of risk and it's just like every time you go driving you know so the risk is there and every time you give a blowjob the risk is technically there so i think we should remember that the risk is always there so when we're ready to judge someone for the consequences they find themselves in try to remember there but for the grace of god go Mm -hmm. i and i don't know i definitely i have and maybe it's because I've been in the behavioral health field for a little bit, but I have a lot more patience and forgiveness for risk and addiction and dependence. And I don't know. People don't do things for no reason. Yeah. I guess is the point. Mm-hmm. 
if you're, you know, if doing you're seeking, heroin. Yeah, if you're seeking these things out, it is a crutch for something. Yeah. It is to help you with something. You're self-medicating, you're escaping, you're coping with something. Yeah, I think that's why I, I've just never been into drugs and alcohol, because I've had an extremely easy, privileged life. Yeah. And I don't need to escape from it. <laughs> I try to not throw that one in your face <laughs> when I'm like... I know, but I know, I know that the reason it's so easy for me is because yeah. it's easy for me and it is not easy for other people and I get yeah. that yeah so but that's also you know everyone's responsible for their own behaviors ultimately mm -hmm. and you know addiction is a is a problem and addiction you need outside help yeah but you're ultimately responsible for your behaviors and how they affect others yes okay well should we pick up on Mine? Yes, yours was specifically sex and love addiction. Yes. And, well, and relationship, love addiction, codependence. Mm -hmm. I'd say. Which I didn't get so into the codependence, it's more so sex and love addiction. Yeah. That's an interesting term to me because I'm just like, but how can you be addicted to love? Because that's one of the things. How can you it's be the same thing. To love? It's the same thing with sex because it's just like, but that's a thing people need. And yeah. It's like love. It's a thing people need. Well, and it's also, it's a normal part of our human existence. It's not a bad thing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It's when you take it to the next level. Yeah. It's when you abuse it, take it to extremes, get compulsive. But it does produce all the same effects as a drug or alcohol thing. Yeah. When you're in a new relationship and you got those butterflies mm -hmm. and those feel goods and you just want to be around that person all the time and talk to them all the time and you keep checking your phone to see if they texted you back yet because you just want to talk to that person. Mm -hmm. It's a drug. It's a drug. Kesha said it right the first time because your love, your love, your love it's is my drug. drug. <laughs> I like your beard. <laughs> But yeah, like it's legit. There's uh, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, SLAA, was established in 1976. And there, I found a pretty cool article that was just about differentiating uh, sex and love addiction. Uh, this was from Psychology Today. And yeah, it just basically gives some synopsis of the, you know, this person is uh, has compulsively masturbated since they were a young child to escape their parents fighting, mm -hmm. and now they have casual hookups with strangers in public bathrooms, and their spouse has found out, and it's coming crashing down on them that they're a sex addict. Mm -hmm. So that is compulsive sexual behavior. It's not romantic at all. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, those are the ones when I hear about like, if someone is staying with their partner that cheated on them, if it's like an emotional affair, I do not understand that because I'm like, they cheated on your heart. Yeah. But if they're like a sex addict and it's like a compulsion and they're just like, um, well, this is a explicit episode. Yes. If they're just like looking for cum dumpsters <laughs> or anywhere to come or anyone to, you know, yeah. do that with. A, then, the physical drug sensation in their brain. Yeah. 
if it's like that's a compulsive act that they are carrying out, that's a whole other ball game mm-hmm. than like a, an emotional affair. Yeah, they're both horrible in their yeah, own ways. Yeah, can be very destructive, but they're different. Yes, they are different. So that is sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Love addiction um, is. The example they gave, this um, young woman, you know, was in her uh, first marriage and that fizzled out romantically. And so now she's, you know, dating all these emotionally unavailable rich men that remind her of her father. And every time she gets close to one, she loses interest and is like, oh, they're not, you know, physically exciting to me anymore. I want to move on to the next one. I want to. But she's like constantly finding these unavailable men. Mm hmm. And, you know, she wants the love and fulfillment of the relationship, mm-hmm. but she can't get it from one. Like, she keeps searching for that one relationship that's going to make her feel whole, because, I don't know, maybe her dad <laughs> was a father. <laughs> you know? You know how fathers are? You know how you have daddy issues, probably? <laughs> I, I, this is completely unrelated, but I saw a thing on Reddit that was like, how on earth did we let men make daddy issues about women? Whoa. How did we let failed fathers become slutty women? Yeah. How did that happen? How did they manage to swing that around on us? Because then they just get to go full cycle on it, don't they? Yes. Okay, sorry, continue. Oh, well, don't... I'm thinking patriarchy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, also getting, like, this high from the romance and the fantasy of this, like, possible relationship with someone. And this is, like, your... You hear the term serial monogamous Mm -hmm. or... Yeah. Uh, A feeling of desperation or uneasiness when you're away from your sexual or romantic partner. Mm. Like jealousy, but probably more intense. Yeah. Like, where are they? What are they doing? Where are they? What are they doing? But also just like, I need to be with them. I don't want to be with, you know, maybe like not being able to enjoy yourself when you're with your friends and family. Yeah. And only wanting to be with that, that romantic like partner. A, that sounds like a lot of people. That, that is code- a lot of people. Yeah, it sounds very codependent. And- yeah. And I think, yeah, there's also codependence plays into this in relationships. But I think for a love addiction, there would be probably multiple relationships would be indicative of that. Mm. Although, I don't know. Because you could, I guess if it's with one person, you're just being very codependent. But if it's like person after person after person, you're addicted to the whole love process. Mm -hmm. This is me figuring things out. Yeah. Huh. Huh. So anyway, sex and love addiction. Yeah, that's another vice you could have is serial monogamy and... Yeah. I definitely know people like that or... I feel so bad for people that, like, can't feel whole outside of a relationship. And that's something I've really tried to, like, foster in myself. Yeah. You got to be a whole person before you can bring yourself to a... To another person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't subject someone else to your whole self. Mm Mm-hmm. If you haven't learned your whole self, I guess. Yeah. 
You gotta love yourself before you can love someone else. That yeah. whole deal. Which, like, I've I've heard things about how, you know, that's problematic to say if you're, like, struggling with your depression and self-worth and, like, yes, you are still worthy of love from other people. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you deserve romantic love and are inherently gonna have it. Mm-hmm. BT-dubs. Yeah. everyone You're not entitled to it. Yeah. Everyone deserves love. Not everyone deserves or is entitled to romantic love. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> so do with that what you will. Do with that what you will, yeah. So, yeah, these vices can come in all sorts of flavors. <laughs> they can. They can be very, very specific or fairly broad. Yeah. You can get real general or specific with mm. these. You can. You can. And we did. <laughs> and we do. It's what we do here. It is what we do here. <laughs> well... This is the second to last episode, so what you guys need to do. Yeah. This is what y'all do. Now, now that we have made this a thing, is we want your feedback. Now, so that it's the end and you've had time to ruminate over all these different subjects. Because next episode, we're putting this to bed. Mm -hmm. Done with vices. Yes. Believe it or not, we still have more to say about this. We do. (laughs) And so, um, go ahead and send us your feedback about your specific vices, be they drugs, alcohol, sex, love, risky behaviors. Yeah. Maybe your family of origins vices how that affected you growing up do you have the same vices as your parents i no i rebelled against that so yeah yeah, tell us yeah we're so curious send that to gstbfbf at gmail.com or we're on instagram at gstbfpod awesome this has been generally specific talks between friends Yeah, that we'll feed you on. And we'll shoot that we'll feed you on.